This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Wednesday, May the 22nd, I'm your host, D.A. We wake up today with a tie series in the Eastern Conference Finals as the Toronto Raptors dominate last night's game start to finish and go back to Milwaukee 2-2. As you might imagine, in the state of Wisconsin, not only are they wondering what happened to their 2-0 series lead, they're also asking just how annoying can Drake really get Here's Chuck and Winkler on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. Giannis airballs that free throw, okay? And he did that the other night, too, and he did it again last night. And it turned it turned the Raptors fans into... It, it felt like every time he was at the free throw line, it was going back to ancient Roman times, and there were bloodthirsty fans at the Roman Coliseum waiting to see the next guy get chewed up by a lion because they were... I mean, the look on some of their faces was just pure rabidness. Yeah, I well, mean, they were out yeah. for blood when they, they were, were they were cheering with everything they had, and yeah. it affected Giannis to some degree. Giannis, you know, he seemed to have lost his mojo, and I don't know how much of it was because of the free throws. I do think some of it was because of Drake. I mean, we are going to talk about Drake today. We understand he's not the reason of the Bucks, but he, I mean. Some of the stuff he did is not... I don't understand how he's allowed to do that. I don't get that. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't get that at all. He gave Nick Nurse a back massage during the game. I don't get this. <laughs> you know, the NBA, they pass out these cards. They pass out these cards. That, yeah, you're right. I don't want to I don't want to be thinking that... Or people thinking they're blaming Drake here. But I'm seeing this close-up, Bart, and the cameras you know, on TV aren't on him the whole time. I don't know how much they're on him. But I'm watching this guy... And this guy's allowed to do things you should not be allowed. If Edens and Lazary or Aaron Rodgers or anybody was doing this in a game and Fiserv, they'd be tossed out. Nobody's telling this guy to sit his ass down. You're <laughs> kidding me. There's This guy's standing up and screaming right into guys who are shooting wing threes, screaming at him. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, you it's like Spike that. Lee. Well, that wasn't good either. No, it isn't. How is Drake allowed to do this stuff? He gets away with it. And I just, I mean, last night, I really, really, it was really noticeable, Bart. And I'm like, God, I, I can't believe how the NBA, the officials, the officials are right there. Nobody, tell, if this guy was not Drake, and again, I, not that I'm hip on what Drake is all about, but I, I'm aware that the guy's a, you know, a superstar from what I understand, but I'll, how he's allowed to do that and everybody else in that role isn't, but again, Pfizer Forum, if that was Wes Edens out there, they would surely tell him to sit his ass down. But nobody's, but they're running scared of Drake. They're letting him do whatever he wants. 
And, yeah, he's screaming. He's hollering at our guys. He's trash talking. I mean, he's within feet doing this stuff like he's in a coach up there. And it's like, how is this happening? Yeah, Spike Lee I was still in the stands, dude. Drake is on the floor. He is. He, he, the, is. he Scott Gradsky took a good video where he was like, he was going places that they won't even let the coaches go. I don't get it. I do not get that. Well, here, here's here's all the arguments to counter what just what we just complained about. I don't get it. Drake, you can't let Drake do that. Well, if it was Aaron Rodgers giving Nick Nurse a back or Coach Bud a back massage, you guys would be all about it. Uh, your boy Mike Wicket tweeted that to me last night. I said, Mike, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. I don't even like when Aaron Rodgers plays football. That I don't. I'm not gonna like when he gives Coach Bud a back massage. Well, Drake, Drake works for the team. Uh, okay, that doesn't mean he can go and touch an no. NBA head coach during the game. Plus, does he work for the team? What is his job? He's an ambassador. That's a made-up job to, yeah. for the Raptors to be in the Drake business. And he did get in Giannis's head. I mean, he did. He, he affected the game. The answer here, boys, is that Drake can get really annoying. Like, really, really annoying. And the better the Raptors are, the more annoying he gets. And so if you just want to save us from the idiocy of Drake rubbing shoulders of Nick Nurse, then you just need to make sure you win game number five in very impressive fashion. I think that Milwaukee will. I think they'll respond. But this is the first time in this postseason, really the first time since the Bucks have been contenders, which is really just this year, where they've been faced with a real stretch of asking, how good are we? How do we respond? They blew through the first two rounds. They're the one seed for the first time with this group. And so how do they respond? I think they'll respond well in Game 5, especially knowing they'll have the home crowd on their side. But whoever comes out of this Eastern Conference Final, can they beat the Warriors? It's the looming question over everything that happens outside of the Western Conference and really even inside the Western Conference. But who and when? Can somebody actually knock off Golden State? Here's the guys in Boston, WEEI, Ordway, Merloni, and Foria. Are the Golden State Warriors better without Kevin Durant? Now, Kevin Durant, unlike Kyrie, Kevin Durant, you could argue that he's the best player or the second best player in that league, right? Okay. And it's the dumbest thing you could throw out there to say they are a better team without Kevin Durant. Now, here's what you can say. They have other great players who are taking their game to the next level and filling in some of what they lose with Kevin Durant, mainly Draymond Green. Draymond Green has been the best player right now in the postseason. Pretty good. He's been unbelievable. Much Another triple-double triple double last night. Yeah. And his defense is is stifling. He has been and he's playing at an energy level. I don't know how the hell he you know he plays at that, that no, same level. So so here's the thing. So this goes back to maybe the better argument was Kevin Durant going to Golden State just took another great player away from a team that could beat him. Yes. Because they didn't need him. Because by him going there, you did. You saw less of Curry, less of Draymond. It's just the way it is. I mean, you got a guy there that's one of the, arguably the best player in the game. So he goes there, and he's going to take from these guys. They can't all continue to do what they're doing. Draymond can't, can't continue to do what he's doing now without Kevin Durant. So the biggest benefit was... You took Kevin Durant, so now he can't go to a team to beat you. It's like you just you're just hoarding him. That's all. See, see I, I see. But this. I think they're just as good without him. And, I, and I would him. say, and I would say so. So Steph Curry, just use him, okay? So you're saying you're saying Kevin Durant is one of the best uh, top three players in the NBA. Fair? Yes. 
Top three. Um, Steph Curry freaking looks like the best player in the NBA. Without Kevin Durant. Without Kevin Durant. So I would say uh, similar to what's happened to Kevin Durant has happened to some of the Celtics. So Kevin Durant comes in, and he basically – he's such a stud that he just overshadows everyone. And then the thing about, about the, the Warriors as opposed to the Celtics, Steph Curry allowed it to happen. He deferred his chances. He deferred his opportunity to be one of the best to ever play the game because it's obvious in four games, the guy's averaging 36.5 points. It's like the most ever in the four games. The Western Conference Finals, this guy is dominating. How, so you, so you how do you know how not good he would if, – if Durant was never on that team, do you think they'd still go to five straight? No, no probably well, not. Who's going to beat because, him? Because I think Durant he makes it – He wasn't going to stay in Oklahoma. Yeah, but Durant makes it a he lot – He might have gone somewhere else they, to you, though. Right. It makes it a lot easier. And as Lou said, he would have been on another really good team that, that could have that, that challenged you. Well, that's, but, that's, but, that's the biggest benefit. But Draymond Green's the same way. Draymond Green is willing to play. And it's all about playing that role. So all season long, he's willing to do the dirty work, right, and be that guy. Suddenly Durant is out, and they're sitting there saying to him, you need to be more. You need to give us more points. You need to give us 18. Yeah, but he's always had it in him. But, but he doesn't same, do it. And same but, with Steph. Right, but they all give in to the other guys. If, if he wasn't, What do you think Clay Thompson could there? average every single night if he's playing for so, another team? Okay, so you sit there. Okay, so Kevin, they were fine without Kevin Durant. Yes. They were fine without him. Yes. But they're better okay. with him. Of, yeah, that's okay. I'm not going to debate you. Yes, but I think what is curious, which is an interesting topic, is how the careers and the legacies have changed for Steph Curry, ah, Clay Thompson. Okay, that's that interesting. to me is interesting because if if Durant was never there, who's to say that Steph Curry wouldn't be go down in history as one of the top five to ever play the okay, game? Okay, and stay with your legacy stuff. And what does it all mean in the next couple weeks, two or three weeks, if they win? The whole thing without Kevin Durant. What does it mean to his legacy? Nothing. Interesting, uh, Broussard. To whose uh, legacy? Durant's? Nothing. But Broussard tweeted this out. If Warriors win title without KD, does that diminish his two rings? Okay. Uh, Kevin Durant's, this is Broussard again, worst nightmare is coming true. Players around Disagree. the league tell me they're putting an asterisk by Durant's two championships. And, of course, Kevin Durant cannot help himself, and he responds to it. I see a little exaggeration there, buddy. My worst nightmare, question mark, question mark. You sure that this is the worst that it can get? And he follows it up. You right. Let me chill before my sensitivity flare up. You real one, bro. See, I, think, you know, see, I, I don't think it um, says anything about Durant. I think the Bucks can beat the Warriors, although right now Golden State is playing at a totally different level. But remember, they trailed by big margins in three of the games in that series. Game two, game three, and game four. Golden State has to come back against the Portland Trailblazers by trailing by 17 points or more. That's pretty significant because against better competition and a team with a player like Giannis, especially ones that can shoot the lights out as well, like the Bucks can, if you bury yourself by 17 or 18 points, more than likely you're not going to be able to come back. Now, are the Warriors ever out of games? Absolutely not. But that was, I think, a rare instance where they knew they could fall behind and still just turn it on in the final five minutes and get it done. But I do think Milwaukee can give a challenge to the Warriors and actually beat them if Milwaukee plays its best basketball. Although right now, I wonder, considering Milwaukee's going to have to go minimum six games, perhaps seven, to finish off this series, and the Warriors are sitting home for nine days, how that will affect the series in the NBA Finals. With how great the Warriors are, five straight NBA Finals appearances, 
Right now, they've only got one loss. The only team to have beaten the Warriors since this run began five years ago, LeBron's 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. So the guys of the Ken Carmen Show on 92.9 in Cleveland ask the question, does that make the Cavaliers' title in 2016 even more epic? It was one of the most memorable, one of the greatest of all time. Could have gone either way. And it went to the Cavs. They they went and earned it. That's why this is why, by the way, Ken, whenever a Cavs fan, a Cavs fan, someone in Cleveland wants to s- joke with the Warriors, hey, you guys blew a 3-1 lead. No, you didn't blow a 3-1 lead, mm-hmm. a 3-1 lead. We took it from you. Cavs took it from you. Not you guys blew it. That's why I always hated that. I hated it from day one. Everyone's like, Anthony, don't worry. Who cares? Not a big deal. No, we seized yeah, it. Don't like those we nerves. took it from you. You did not blow it. We won it. I, I, I hate that. Do you think the Denver Broncos fans are like, oh, Browns blew it with the fumble? No, we beat them. We beat you guys. We beat you three times. You didn't blow it. We beat you. I never understood that. That's why I hate that. Don't walk around making it sound like it was up to them and it was only up to them and they're the arbiters of your success. No, you captured it. You captured the moment of glory. LeBron James with that block. Kyrie with the three. Wouldn't it make you feel better as a fan to say that it was taken from you? Because for a moment I go, I don't want to admit, because I go, would it make me feel better? No, I wouldn't want to admit that, oh my God, we were going to the Super Bowl and we blew it. Oh my God, we had 98 yards to stop him and we didn't do it, we blew it. I would rather say, oh, John Elway was that good at the time, the Broncos were that good at the time. Well, that's what able, I say now. Able to do it. That is what I would, say now. Wouldn't I want to say that LeBron James is the greatest player on earth? Yeah. And he was able to take a team and throw it on his back with Kyrie and yeah, he took one from Kevin you. at the end. He took one from Yes, you. he took one from He's, he's an immortal basketball yeah, player. Yeah, he made me feel better there. Yeah, I would rather say that. I never got that. That three, that was all internet mm. stuff. That's all young fans. Good point. But what, what Good, older fan point, would ever Anthony. say the other team st- stole it from us? Like, no, 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 no. You won 73 games during the season that year. 73. It was a new record. You had two more games after game five. It, it's not my fault, Steph Curry. It's not Cavs fans' fault. Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece. It's not their fault that they yeah, let they the, lost the, their the refs get in their head. They let, they let the they, the refs got in their head and they lost their composure. They exactly. totally did. You had rattled a team that hadn't been rattled, or, or they, you know, a team that had had actually weathered the storm against Oklahoma City because that was <sighs> one where they were down three one. But Ben and Green says, but doesn't it suck that we're still here looking for parallels three years later to validate a championship? I'm no, not. It's been validated. I don't need to. I, I don't. We need won it to the championship. Inv- the problem is, is we're not looking for validation. We're, we don't want was people who are invalidating the, the title. Don't invalidate the title. It's a valid title. What Lima says is true. They took it away from him. It was a 3-1 series lead. They took it away. That's valid. Don't invalidate the title. Again, going back to there was a game six and a game seven. And a game seven was in your building. Was in your building. And, and I, you're up by six at halftime. Right. And six or seven. You're up by seven at halftime. You, you took it from him. Oh, I absolutely think it does. With every series that the Golden State Warriors win and can't be stopped and the machine that it is, it absolutely makes that Cavaliers title even more iconic and epic and unbelievable, especially considering they came back from down 3-1 and won a Game 7 on the road at Oracle in a season where the Warriors were 73-9 and in the regular season, yes, With every series win and with every championship that the Warriors stack, it makes that Cavs title even more incredible. In Dallas, they're posing an interesting hypothetical. Many people want Jason Garrett fired around the Cowboys. At least fans do. But what about Jason Garrett 
going the other way. Never being fired. Huh. Where did this go? It's 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and G-Bag Nation. The accountability, the culture, the guys we got to rah-rah and pull into here. And now that they've acquired so many players with the RKG label, a lot of them are in that in that same mindset. So he brings together a ton of guys underneath that umbrella. I think if you can keep it together uh, long-term, and the most important thing is what happened with the Eagles. After year one, where Doug Peterson was one of the worst coaches in the NFL uh, and was roundly criticized by insiders for it, they brought in experts. They were like, okay, Doug can't do this, but people gravitate around him. So, boom, was it Frank Reich and John Filippo? Do I have yes. those names right? Yes. That was your OC and quarterback coach. They both take bigger jobs the next year, and now they're trying to you know, put the, put the geniuses in play. But I, I think if we're going forward with that happening and the, the NFL evolving there, it might actually be beneficial to, to hang on to Jason Garrett as the man in that role. Could have him for another 15, 20 years. Hmm. We just got to get a rotating cast of geniuses to actually coach the game underneath him. I don't totally disagree with you. It just seems weird. Who tells the guy to spike the ball or not? That's Jason Garrett, right? He's telling, he he's telling in, a, in a playoff game, he's telling Dak, spike the ball so we give Aaron Rodgers enough time to win the game against us. Uh-huh. Like, isn't that yeah. what he was relaying? Yeah, like, probably need a yeah. clock management genius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, That's the one thing with him is like, I get it. Is he going to let Kellen Moore install his own plays? And like, as long as he does these things, I'm with you, Gavin. But as long as he struggles with the clock at the end of games, uh, and he struggles to let his analytics coaches that Jerry's yeah. hired be the guys, yeah. then I can't do it. But if he does those things and becomes better at figuring out how a clock works at the end of game, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. So yeah, I think it, it's it's really contingent upon the Joneses hanging out with other owners at league meetings and saying, "Hey, you know what baseball did? We really need to get there too." And they on the fl- on the plane ride home, they're like, "Hey, we got to have a conversation with Jason. It's time to adjust what the NFL head coach you know template of responsibilities is." And uh, if you know if, if if they don't do that. Then I, 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 then I think Jason's going to be in a spot where he's going to interfere too much with Kellen Moore to really get what you want. Yeah, because I assume with Kellen Moore, it's going to be at the end of the game with a minute and 30 seconds to go, and you have the ball on the other team's 40-yard line, and you're down by three. Jason Garrett goes for the tie 90% of the time in those situations. He's playing for the tie. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. And people, you know, Mickey will come on the air the next day and, and totally agree with everything Jason Garrett did in wanting to tie the game and not turn the ball over. And we as fans look at it and say, but you only had to go 40 yards in a minute and 20 seconds and you win the game. And they're like, yeah, yeah but the risk of the risk of turning the ball over and not tying the game was too high. Yeah. So we were going to conservatively kick a 47-yarder and just see if we could take this thing to overtime. I totally hear you. And so that's where I'm like, no, I don't want that guy no. as my coach. Yeah, here's the problem. Surrounding Jason Garrett with quote-unquote geniuses. There's only a few of those geniuses around the NFL, and somehow Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, Stephen Jones as well, never seemed to find those guys. With Steven Moore at the helm of drafting and personnel, certainly the Cowboys should become much better than they were when Jerry was pulling the strings. But geniuses? I don't see a lot of geniuses on that coaching staff, and I don't think I would sign off on Jason Garrett having a lifetime contract to the Cowboys. Gerald McCoy is a free agent, the former Pro Bowl defensive lineman, released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a mutual parting of the ways. Now, McCoy still must have football left in him, right? I mean, he's only... 
31 years old. Well, here's Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network on WWL Sports Talk in New Orleans. Body, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on, I mean, because early on we were just interacting with uh, some of our texters about uh, Gerald McCoy and, you know, mm-hmm. the type of player that he could still be if he's used right. Obviously, you know, he's going to have at least four or five teams that are going to be uh, trying to get him to sign. But just your overall thoughts on Gerald McCoy. Well, I think he's still a really good player. You know, uh, you know they drafted – you know, Vita Vea last year, which I guess is his replacement now, but I always thought that two big booters inside that could move like that. I mean, you basically take care of the run between the tackles with two guys like that. Uh, that's not going to take place in Tampa now, but I thought Gerald McCoy still has great movement, still has tremendous size. Um, there was a point maybe three years ago, Deuce, which I know the NFL can be an eternity, but I thought three years ago, I thought he could be a candidate for defensive player of the year. That's how he was playing the preseason. That's what kind of shape he looked like he was in. Now, you know, the team wasn't very good around him, so it was hard for him to sort of, you know, take the game to that type of level. But I think even at age 31, I mean, people look at age 30, but, I mean, I look at Gerald McCoy and uh, the way that he continues to line up and play, he's been pretty healthy for the most part. I think he still has a lot of good football left in this league, and I think he's still going to help out, you know, um, you know some teams – because I think there's going to be a little bit of a bidding for him, but I think he's still going to help out some teams. It's just probably not going to be at the price tag of $13 million a year, which was which was he which what he was costing the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Brian, wouldn't you expect him to kind of take his time too? Because he's not going to get better in OTAs. He really just needs training camp. Like I, it wouldn't be surprising to see uh, Gerald McCoy sign right before training camp, or maybe even a week into training camp. Well, I think you you really have to break down free agency right now into about four different categories. You've got the, you know, the bucks that fly out of all these teams' facilities the day of free agency, that 24-hour period. Then you get like a second level of free agency before the draft. And now you get guys like Gerald McCoy or Dominican Sue, other guys that we know can play. This could be a question of need versus money. And then what type of bidding gets, you know, that starts to take place for a guy like Gerald McCoy or Dominican Sue. And so that's really where it's going to come down. Like, what kind of contract is he going to play for? But I think it's going to come down to see how many teams start bidding against each other. And I think there's going to be a couple for McCoy and where that, where that number gets set. And then there will be one more phase of free agency um, right before training camp, sometime in mid to late July, where teams still have a roster spot, guys become available, um, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's four phases, and McCoy's in that third phase right now. Brian Baldinger, Radio.com Sports Insider at Baldy NFL. You're missing out if you do not follow him when it comes to film study. He breaks down all kinds of interesting things throughout the NFL and in particular on the Saints. I know Brian has a lot of respect for what Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been able to accomplish down here. Brian, uh, I'm curious to know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the draft. Eric McCoy, the center out of Texas A&M that was drafted by the Saints in the second round. What do you think of him? Well, I was a big fan. You know, I thought Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina State was uh, the best center in the draft. I thought his overall movement was just better than anybody else's, his ability to get to the second level. But I thought Eric McCoy was the second-best center. He started 39 straight games at Texas A&M. Um, you know, he was durable. He played in, in a very, very difficult conference, the best conference in all of college football. And if you watch him against the elite at LSU and Alabama and all the teams in the SEC, he held his own. And um, I thought that uh, – I thought – the Saints moving up, trading up to get him was 
you know, after they lost Max Hunger to retirement, I thought it was a great move. And we'll see how quickly he's able to, you know, take his college game and adjust to the the pro game. But I don't think it's going to take it very long to win that job. And I think uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees both know how important the center position is. I thought the, the Saints got a lot better the day they traded for Max Hunger. And uh, when, that's, uh, when that middle of the offensive line is solid and secure, it makes everybody else better around it. I think McCoy's got football left. I mean, at 31 years old, he's still effective. He might not be the guy that he was six or seven years ago, but he absolutely can still get after it. And so there should be a place for him in the NFL. I'm sure there will be. Price tag was a little too high for the Buccaneers. Okay, that's one thing, but let's not act as though he does not have good football left in him. He certainly does. We'll wrap up going back to Dallas, where on the baseball front, Josh Hamilton has been inducted or will get inducted into the Rangers Hall of Fame. The Texas Rangers announced that Josh Hamilton will be in their team Hall of Fame. And so the guys on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the Ben and Skin Show caught up with the reclusive Josh Hamilton to see what he's up to these days. Man, you you gave us all so many great memories. There's so much love for you out there. Um, I'm just so glad that that you got this honor. It's so well-deserved. I I know that's not what you're about, and, and you really seem to... Just, just like you hit a home run, you don't want to pimp the home run and all that. You seem to be that way with your career, too. Hey, just I'm just going to go on the down low. But, man, uh, you, you have to know how how we just love you, how we're grateful for the memories and uh, the exciting times you gave us on the baseball field. It, it, you got to be excited about getting into the Rangers Hall of Fame, right? I am. You know, something you never think about, and you know, I said this the other day, um, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, to think about one day I'd be in any kind of Hall of Fame um, where I was at. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought about it. I would have said no way. Um, so it just lets me know. Um, it reminds me of God's grace, and and um, you know that, and hopefully people realize, you know, that I was always honest and upfront with the mistakes I made, um, and never hid behind anything or tried to, you know, duck my way out of it. But not talking about it, you know, I was always the guy that wanted to put it out there so people would realize, hey, yeah, I play baseball for a living. God gave me the talent to do it, but it's uh, I'm a normal person when it comes to, you know, problems or struggles or weaknesses, um, and I'm not going to hide behind what I do and just go along with it. I'm going to talk about it and hopefully be able to help some folks out. And uh, that's been the most uh, rewarding part of the whole journey is just sharing what God's done in my life and what he continues to do uh, now that I'm done with baseball. But uh, if I can tell you a quick story. Quick story? Yeah, yeah heck of course. Yes. So, so when I decided to retire, I was at the ranch, and I, my girls were homeschooled at the time, and I was praying for like a week about what to do, how to get into school, this and that. And um, I'm out there cutting firewood in the wintertime. And, uh, you know, old axe, just cutting wood. And I'd take a chop, bust a log up, and uh, immediately, as soon as I'm cut through it, the guy was like, uh, you know you can be done. And I'm like, what What do you mean? You know I can be done. He's like, you know why you don't want to be done? I'm like, no. He's like, you're afraid. I'm like, afraid of what? I mean, I'm having this conversation talking out loud. And he says, well, baseball is the only thing you've ever known since you were three. I'm like, okay. I said, well, I haven't played in two years. He said, yeah, but mentally, emotionally, physically, you've been preparing to get back to play. And he says, I got something more for you after baseball. I'm like, okay. 
So I called my agent and said, you know what, I'm done. Right after that, I said, I'm done. He said, okay. He said, you want to do a big press conference or anything? I said, no. He said, fade away in the background? Yes. <laughs> and that was it. That is amazing. Wow. So, so Josh, just so I know, I, I'm so fascinated by this. What is that sound of that voice that you are hearing in that head when you're having that conversation? What does that it, voice sound like? It, it ain't mine, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it ain't Elvis, and it ain't Boomhauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> I it love is, that. Um, it's just a, a check inside you, man, that when people say it's a small, still voice, it, it really is. And it's, it's something that I would never think about on my own or have that conversation with myself because me i want to keep continuing to be out there but thinking about um the answer to my prayer as far as praying for my girls well that was the beginning answer of the prayer me being around more and being available and being there to make sure they get what they need and and get where they need to be in life so as a competitor as an athlete I wouldn't have never thought that way or talked to myself that way. So you know when, when God speaks to you because you know you wouldn't tell yourself that <laughs> um, in a thousand years. What an amazing moment it was watching Josh Hamilton launch bombs into the night at Yankee Stadium in the Home Run Derby to complete his comeback from being a drug addict and nearly out of baseball to being a hero on All-Star Weekend. That was amazing and one of those sports moments you will absolutely never forget. Congratulations, Josh Hamilton, into the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. That'll do it for us. That was the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, May the 22nd. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 